Looking back at the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the big talking points of the day, this is Pass the Post. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for your company on Pass the Post this morning. We passed the post yesterday, December 19, with two very good listed races at Dooman to end the card. But uh, today is Sunday, December 20. Nathan XLB is with me in the studio. And first up, congratulations where it's due. Socks are gone was your best value bet for the day and a duly slid in the last at th- at $13. Yeah, it was a nice way to finish the day, but uh, it's good to be back, David. And um, it was just great summer racing yesterday. Only listed race in status, the gold edition, but I suspect that uh, the first two we'll be seeing uh, in much higher class races going forward. Yeah, exactly right. And we're going to look back at this Doom and meeting in detail and speak to some of the major players yesterday who enjoyed good success. Uh, I think that, as Nathan alluded to, good summer racing, but I think the Gold Edition race yesterday produced the best theatre so far for this summer carnival. This was a, a wonderful spectacle live and then watching it again in replay. Let's listen to it in replay. It was considered a two-horse race. Many considered that they should have been closer in the market. As it was, they weren't. The gap got wider. Isotope backed off the map, $1.50. That saw a way game get out to four twenty. Double figures the rest. Here's the replay. 35-35, the first 600 metres. Isotope in traffic back in the field. Away game getting the run at the right time. By the 300 metres, Apache chase led. Away game given a cue by Glenn Boss. Raced up and hit the lead. Isotope gets into the clear spaces. Gives away game three-length start. Is cutting to the margin, though. Away game in front. Have a look at Isotope. Away game the leader. Isotope is charging. Photo! Oh, she finished brilliantly, Isotope. She might have beaten away game. They're wide apart from Apache Chase, Plutocrat, Fleet Dove, then Batanga's entry, Thundermania, followed by Acrobatic, Brogue Rocker, Gold Schlager, our playboy, and amongst the tail enders, Safe Work with TikTok Boom and Lady Bev. And we will stand by for the judges' result, 1987 the time. Well, the judges' result went to Isotope. So quickly did she finish. The margin posted was ahead. It was a great race to call, a great race to watch, and a man who was watching it very intently is the trainer of Isotope. It was a good day at the office for Tony Gollan yesterday with a training treble, but this was the this was the race, and he's been kind enough to join us this morning. Tony, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Dave. How are you? I'm well. You made a very prescient comment uh, yesterday that, that I think Nathan wrote today. You've trained a lot of winners at Doombin, and as you said, when they kick off that dip just coming down by the 300 metres, they they more often win than, than not win, and you've trained a lot of them. Away game was in exactly that position. You would have been watching your filly, who was uh, back in the field in traffic, then getting to the outside, but you also would have had one eye on away game, and at that point, did you think, well, it's going to be nearly impossible to beat her? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did exactly. And I had had eyes on both horses, to be fair. And when she gave that good kick away game, I, I, down that dip and for home, and like like I said yesterday, I've trained a lot of winners at Doombin, and I really felt, Jesus, well, it's going to be a good performance for my filly. She's going to be a really nice, you know, barrier trial for the, for the Magic Millions. Not that that's what I was there for. I was there to win. And I was disappointed, but then trying to pull something out of the wreckage, really, after where we got in the run, and, and then all of a sudden at the half furlong, it become a reality that we might win, and I still really couldn't believe it you know, on the line that you get the job done. It's one of the more um, uh, satisfying race wins I've been involved in, that's for sure. 
That's an extraordinary range of motions, Tony, you described there in, in the space of what would have been about five to ten seconds. Yeah, it was. It was, it was a really, really bizarre race. You know, obviously these, when these horses are such, so short-priced, there's always just a little bit of added pressure on, on the, the horse's performance. And not that we're there to frame markets or, or worry about prices too much. Obviously, when you get a really good good horse and you just want to see them do really well. And it just seemed as though she was in a position not to be able to produce her best or she had to produce something extraordinary to win. And I really I really did give up hope at the corner. I really thought that the race was was over and that, you know, I'd look for positives, you know, going forward to the means and sort of ask Ryan's to how we got where we did and all that sort of jazz. But, you know, to be able to pull a, a win from, from what was really looking like a defeat, you know, it was pretty special. We're going to have a chat with Ryan Maloney later. We'll probably go through his ride forensically, but you've, you've made the point that it, it was a painful race to watch, probably until the last stride. <laughs> From a calling point of view, when they jumped out of the barrier, you you sort of automatically look for the favourite, and I couldn't yeah. see her. And I, I you, you panic for a nanosecond, so I said I'll go to the second favourite away game. I spotted her then midfield. I thought that's a bit further back than she should be. The next time I spotted her, she was further back again, and within traffic. And you're thinking, well, how's this going to happen? And then in the straight when she got out, again you're thinking to yourself, well, you know. Can she win? Can't she win? And you keep thinking, thinking, and a bit like yourself, when they hit the line, I mean, you don't want to get it wrong. I know the margin was ahead, but it was a difficult race to try and call because she came so late. Even though it was ahead, it was really the last stride that she won. And the, the, the point I put to you now is um, that performance we saw yesterday, uh, and you probably have had no doubts about this, but 1,400 metres seems not a problem in the world. No, that's not probably my first thought, you know, particularly as I was trying to salvage something from the wreckage, you know, at the half furlong as I was going to run on and, geez, the 1,400 looks good for us. But when she won, I think there's no doubt that she's going to get the distance. I've never really had a doubt about 1,400. I know there'll be the detractors because she ran in the, in the JJ and 1,400 Eagle Farm on Studbrake Day and, and she, she was certainly her worst run. But she, if you go through that run, at the end of the prep, was on a, a very difficult surface that day and just nothing went right. She, she stepped away awkwardly and she had to sit right up on top of what was a very, very strong speed. And I think what we see now is a far more mature filly. She switches off beautifully in a run to the point yesterday, maybe a little bit too much. Um, but she's going to really savage that line. So I think, I think she's something to look forward to. All connect. There's a big lot of connections involved in this horse. And I think, you know, obviously in four weeks' time, they've got a, a big race to really get their teeth into and, and really enjoy the build-up to. But more importantly, they've got a filly with, a, I think, a very good career in front of her. Tony, Ryan Maloney's comments with regards to the start, he said a barrier attendant got up uh, in the stalls with her and at that point, she, he, in his words, she lost it and she, she wasn't happy with that and that probably contributed to her being slow away. So, yeah. is, that, is that something you're aware of? Yeah, it was. I wasn't totally the barrier, barrier attendant's fault. It's, it's sort of probably taken a little bit out of, out of context what Ryan said there, to be honest. He, mm-hmm. When she went in, she actually got her head over the other side of the gate. So when we let her into the petition, she goes in on her own. We keep her on her own. So we just had a guy lead her up to the gate and let her walk in. The other day, we did it all ourselves. No one let her up, but she just walked in. But she rushed in a bit. And she sort of hit her head on the gate and then bounced back. And we wanted to see her go in a little bit a little bit steadier so we didn't have that repeat of that sort of performance. But when she went in and let her go, she just got her head over the petition. So all the guy was doing was just trying to get in to get her head over the petition. But by the time the man had got in there, her head had already come across from the petition. Right. Um, and she got annoyed with the guy being up in the stall. So it, it was kind of a... It was taken a little bit... There, there wasn't a guy up there trying to, uh, to do anything to her. He was merely trying to do his job, which was get her head across into her own bay. But she'd already got over herself. And 
by the time he got there, she was he he was just basically in, in the road. To be fair, but he was just trying to do his job. The guy, and I thought she stepped away not all that bad. But I agree with Ryan; she just didn't muster as well. And when you're drawing six sort of in the middle of them, it's a tricky gate if you don't muster. Because you got all the horses hooning across from out wide and underneath you, and all of a sudden he sort of had to go to Plan B. And he's he's a pretty cool customer. Maloney, when it comes to riding in races, he, I don't think he'll ever die of ulcers. I don't know about me watching him, but he sort of <laughs> won't. And I wasn't in the run. I know David sort of briefed on the race there briefly, and you said my emotions changed throughout the race, and it did. I really couldn't work out who I was following because I think the horse was actually plutocrat, and because it had the different colours on the, the race, mm. Abbey colours on, I wasn't aware what horse it was. Um, and it just kept coming back and back in our face, and that, that was what was worrying me more than sort of where we were. I just wanted that horse to get moving a bit on me and and get us into the race. I knew I had a horse with a great turn of foot, but when I was getting taken backwards from the 600 rather than going forward, I, I really did start to panic. I said at the, the outset of the show, I thought this was the best piece of theatre for the Summer Carnival so far. Um, you know, Isotope, obviously beating what the, seemingly when the odds were against her, the way the, the race panned out. But we're going to have the rematch in a month's time and looking at the race you'd, you'd think there's a great chance it will be a rematch again glenn boss was adamant yesterday after the race that isotope won't beat away game again what would you say to that oh, I mean, boss has always got plenty to say <laughs> he rides um he rides winners for me as well and it wouldn't be a, a sunday or a day after the race if we didn't have some some little bit of controversy from glenn or an opinion and look i can understand why he's saying that i mean until she was first up but to my eye in the yard she looked very ready and you know i sort of echoed you know, Kieran's sentiments a little bit. I know that he was quite bullish on the radio about how forward that she was and that she was pretty ready. And the fact he was, you know, always going to go that first up run, then four weeks into the next run, probably just tells you how fit she was yesterday. So exactly, I'm not sure whether he would agree on the score of fitness that that's what beat her yesterday. I think if you watch that really closely, she ran through the line particularly well. The second horse, she wasn't stopping. She ran through the line really well. So yeah, look, it's my feelings to do get into an awkward position and, and not step away well and not be able to utilise some form of gate speed. Sure, she's going to be very hard to beat in four weeks' time, but, geez, I think my filly can do a lot more right in four weeks, I'm certainly hoping. And if she can, um, I'll look forward to the rematch, that's for sure. She's now $3 on tab fixed isotope for the uh, the Magic Minions guineas. Away game is at $6, double figures the rest. Um, just touching on... Winners yesterday, as I said at the start, a good day at the office. Get stuck in. A horse who's now got into the middle distance groove and 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 makes his own luck, takes bad luck out of the equation. They're the sort of stayers you like to have uh, that we know he can stay now, but he's got a good turn of speed as well. Yeah, he's an anxious little horse. And I was very interested to hear, um, yet again, in his boss's comments <laughs> on the Godolphin. <laughs> he thought he had me beat a few times, but you're watching very closely this was every time the get off and horse got up to him he just had a surge that, that sort of horse he is he just surges and surges and yeah, you know, no doubt that horse's first go at 2000 tough vulnerable late but geez he was good through the line this horse he was so strong and the way he performed yesterday and he's a horse that arguably likes Eagle Farm better than Dooman's for the bigger bigger stretches he um I think there's no no real doubt that he run the 2200 and he's, he's going to be a really really good race for him in the shootout in the fortnight it'll be another step up from yesterday like you said, David, he can get out, make his own luck. He can be on pace and cover, or he can lead. And he's a real tough nut to get to get past. You know, we tried him in this extra distance. So I just thought the mile races were a bit strong for him, and he's just been a real revelation out of the 2000. And I think 2200 won't be a problem. Tony, I was speaking to Linda Huddy after the the race yesterday. She's 
explain the story how she bought this horse for five thousand dollars out of a paddock and he's certainly not much to look at and she wondered what your thoughts were i think she would have bought him (laughs) what were your thoughts when you saw him for the first time Said, oh, geez, what have we got here? Like, you walk under a coffee table when he come in. He was, he was the end of his two-year-old sort of year. He was smaller than a yearling. He looked like a pacer, to be honest. Look, he should be something, you know, racing around with Scott Steele's joint at Albion Park. But he's um, he's got a beautiful gait on him, a good action, and he's a real tenacious little bloke. And obviously had a lot to do with the Lucas's you know, since he sort of come through, really. And um, they're very quirky horses, um, but they've all got a big engine and. They, they all sort of empty out for you and really give you everything and none, none more so than this horse. So, you know, appearance-wise, sure, he's um, a wall painting. Um, but I'd love a stable full of horses that try as hard as him. It's been a real pleasure to train. Well, I'd suggest Polanka yesterday, the first of your trio winners, delivered a career-best performance because she was at the back of the bus. They didn't go hard, yet she swept home to victory. They've run 600 to the winning post, leader to, to, to the winner post, 33.78. This was a damn good win, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. You know, she, she's quite a good good man. She had a lot of bad luck with wind ops and just things going wrong with her as a younger horse. And yesterday to get there, and I thought the track was beautiful. Yesterday, a little bit of juice in it early, and I was quite surprised. I love when you sort of call the sectionals at the halfway mark, and when it was sort of plus thirty six, I thought, oh, gee, where's what are we going to do from here? And I just I thought that was a, a masterful ride by Bossy. Sort of, you know, eleven out of ten ride. If, if it wasn't for the ride, she runs a nice fourth. You know, if he gets itchy and starts to go around them. It just doesn't work out. But the fact that he held his nerve and he cut the corner and went through them, which is certainly how you got to ride Dooman from the second half of the field. Um, she was excellent. She really re- would have railed off some pretty good sectionals late and really good win for the connections. They're great, great supporters, River Junction, and really good to see a man like that get a Saturday race. Outback Barbie was honest again yesterday, Tony, in the in the Loch Does she have another start before Magic <laughs> yes. Millions? Or? Dis- disappointing. No, nah, she doesn't. Disappointing? Yeah, she was disappointing. She wasn't honest. Yeah, she's... You know, the, the, the right outback Barbie with the run she got yesterday just sprints off the dip and wins. And I was a bit disappointed with her yesterday. She's, a, she's a, been a really good man for the stable. And she, I know she's won a lot of prize money. She's definitely not going to be the, the punter's pal, that's for sure. Um, I thought the run Michael gave her, you know, which the run we thought we'd get from the gate. She was entitled to win. And I was disappointed. So we'll give her a jump out and a set of blinkers in a couple of weeks' time and see if we can just uh, get a little bit of, you know, renewed vitality out of her, I guess. Um, but she won't run again until Magic Millions. Though. She'll run near the cutest of the mares. I'll probably favour the cutest at this stage. I jumped on her yesterday. I've never been on her in my life, and I thought <laughs> yesterday she was a, a moral... And in, and in, but as you say, in the run, coming to the turn, I said, well, this is OK. This is, the day will end all right. But uh, yeah. as, as I, as I uh, quoted, EPC, every possible chance. But that was, yeah, that was yesterday. We're looking towards Boxing Day, big day at Eagle Farm. What what are your big guns this Saturday coming up? Yeah, they're probably not as big in the bigger races. I thought Mitch was quite good the other day in that mile race uh, where he just got nailed late. Uh, by Boy, he goes to the Burnborough, but to be a step up again, I'm not sure whether that's really his grade. Um, we haven't got really a lot of firepower this week. Smart Edge, uh, triple crown horse there in the listed race. He's, he's not a bad horse. He's coming up quite well. He'll get ready for the cup on that run. But then you'll see some lesser likes in the, in the lower races. Mm. Angus the Black in one of them class 6, 1400s, etc. So, not a nice team of horses there, but not, not the strength we had yesterday. I just want to ask you one question before we let you go, and we appreciate your time. Uh, very thin on the ground, you're stable with two-year-olds in the early season. Is that by design, or is it just the way it's happened? No, it's just the way it's happened this year, I think. Um, you know, I don't sort of hammer them if they're not going to be there. I don't try and manufacture them. They have to sort of get themselves there. I just haven't had the, the cattle this year before Christmas. 
Um, but I wouldn't mistake that for not having some nice two-year-olds by the end of this two-year-old season. I think you'll see by the end of the Winter Carnival, we've got a pretty good team of young horses and we'll have some pretty fair representation come the, come the pointy end of this season. Good on you, mate. You're a good friend of this radio station, always available with your time and uh, continue good work. A good day yesterday. Thanks, guys. Cheers, everyone. Nathan, uh, Nathan X will be joining us. <laughs> Tony Gollum joining us uh, with uh, discussing his trio of winners. And, of course, Isotope was the, was the highlight. Um, it sets it up. For this uh, great build-up to this Magic Millions Guineas, doesn't it? With it Tony does. being as bullish as he is, um, hopefully speak to Glenn Boss in a short while and sort of clarify his his thoughts as well. And it's, it's often been a race that the Guineas in recent times dominated by mm. one horse and often a star horse like yep. Alligator Blood. Mm. Remember winning Rupert, some win, some get beaten. But to have this set up like this and it does set up for a, a return clash because you've got that bit of banter. Yep. Boss saying won't be beaten again and there was only a head between them. From what we saw yesterday, one would think that Isotope would have the wood on away game. Well, that's my thought anyway. Yeah, you would think everything that went wrong with Isotope yesterday versus away game got into a pretty good spot. So, Isn't it funny? One of the discussion points yesterday was that you know, they should have been closer in the market. Well, <laughs> that was actually right, but it was wrong yeah. because they hammered Isotope. Like, yep. we were in the morning, $1.85, ninety. And when the, the the markets went up uh, on you know half down before the race, dollar sixty, dollar fifty, so all that uh, good red money went. Uh, and away game got out to SP at four twenty. But in the in the end, would have liked to have seen the in the run market, David. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then just on on that same, didn't Ryan Maloney and Glenn Boss have some stouches yesterday? Boss overhauled Maloney uh, early in the day on pull anchor. Then Maloney had the better of him with get stuck in beating Faistos, and yeah. then then again. With uh, with uh, isotope, and that's what it's all about. I mean, th- these riding battles add to the theatre, particularly when you've got these big names like you know Boss, Maloney, Rod. It all makes for it all makes for great racing and great theatre. Let's have a listen to Get Stuck In's win. This was uh, a far uh, more comfortable ride for Ryan Maloney. He was able to roll to the lead, dictate the terms. He certainly did that, and the horse was very courageous in the straight. Here's the replay. Down by the 600 metres, the first 1400, 133.23. Get stuck in as dictated this nicely. Faistos goes up to be second and neck away. Magnifier comes outside the pair three deep, and they're clear of the others headed by a man to match. So you win, giving them five lengths. In the straight short of 300 left to run. Get stuck in. Sprinting hard and fast. Faistos trying hard. So you win up to third, then Magnifier. Get stuck in. There's something in the locker. Faistos not going away. 50 metres left to run, get stuck in in front, holding them at bay, and get stuck in, dictated the terms, and led all the way. Beat Faistos, so you win, and magnified her. Then Amanda Match, advance warning, Le Juge Torrens, tumultuous, and last over the line was Ray Cash in 26.76. Yes, it was pedestrian time, and as we outlined in the broadcast there, that first 1,400 metres, or 1,420 in something like like 133 and change. Well, normally they'd run, in a 1,400-metre race, they run 10 seconds faster. So uh, he's a horse who was building on fitness, had the run race run to suit, and was simply simply sprinted home too well. Yeah, and took the benefits of having that first run over a middle distance uh, at his previous start. Well, the man in the saddle was Ryan Maloney, and he, he had a good day at the office yesterday, not only with Get Stuck In, but, of course, with Isotope. And Ryan's on the line now. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? Morning, David. Morning, Nathan. Good, thanks. We'll talk about isotope in a moment, but let's just concentrate on the matter at hand, get stuck in. Uh, I said that first 1,400 in 133, 
when you're riding in these staying races and you're, you're on a horse that's in the market, in form, and you're getting an easy run, you must obviously keep things on as who's going to come around, but nothing did. Yeah, yeah you, you can overdo it sometimes if you try and go too slow, but with um, uh, the probably lack of speed in the race, I thought I would have been. Me and Tony went out there with the same game plan that we would be able to try, um, get it pretty easy, and it, um, that comes to fruition. And, uh, yeah, halfway through the run, I was really, really wrapped with the way he was travelling. He was nice and relaxed, and um, yeah, well, uh, he was um, very strong on the straight. Um, the good open horse had plenty of chances to come and beat me, but um, he stuck to his guns and he won well in the end. He certainly did. Faistos looked like he was going to get your measure a, a few times. He obviously settled really well in the, the run, Ryan, to sort of set the tempo you did, which augurs well for him going to a 2,200-metre race next time and, if successful there, possibly 2,400 metres. Yeah, well, he's by Lucas Cranick. He's very um, clean-winded and quite athletic, so I don't think he step up a bit at all. Um, yeah, um, yeah, minus at all. So, yeah, the... Um, I was just uh, really surprised how quick he sprinted from the 600 as well. I was, um, uh, like I said, that uh, Godolphin horse had ample chances to beat him and he stuck with his guns and hopefully that gives him good confidence going forward. Well, I mentioned how slowly they went early, but uh, we should also point out that last 600 metres, which you just mentioned, 33.5. 33.5 at the end of a 2,000 metre race. You don't see it too often, so they weren't going to get past you. Now, let's let take us through... Isotope, take us through right from the the getaway to what happened in the race. We're interested in your thoughts, your your uh, your your appraisal of the situation. Oh, well, I was just in awe of her, to be honest. Um, nothing went right from her from the get go. Um, she, she she set pretty slow, and then she just didn't muster. I didn't have the speed like I did the other day, and um, I found myself in a very ordinary position and. Um, I almost nearly went to try and follow Michael Wright because he was following, obviously, away game. And Matthew McGilbray called to me, so the um, last thing I want to do is get time for this time of year. And I, um, yeah, there was a lot of muddling. There was quite muddling. There was quite a bit of buffeting going up right in front of me. And I sort of kept getting dragged, dragged out of the race and sort of taken out of the race when I really needed to be sort of working into the race. And then when I finally did get clear, I looked up and I saw a away game. That every, um, all the, all the, uh, took all the shortcuts. And I was probably standing her up a good five to eight lengths. And I just thought, oh, I'm probably going to run an ice second when I first let her go. And getting to the 200, I thought, geez, I'm, I'm a good chance here. And then I looked across and I seen a away game. It wasn't stopping at all. It had its ears pinned back and it was charged into the line. And then further I went, the more confident I got. And on the line, I wasn't too sure. But, uh, yeah, when I seen my number up on the board, I just couldn't believe it. Mm. You, you make an interesting point there that she wasn't that well away but, but couldn't muster early. Did the way she felt to you, was that like really in stark contrast to her previous run? Yeah, she's a little bit, um, she's such a quiet horse, but she's a little bit quirky. Um, if anything, it's probably added a bow to her, a string to her, a bow to her. Yeah, a string to a bow. 
single post, though, yeah. And because I thought to last start she might, 1,400 could possibly um, be a bit of a question mark. But to yesterday she relaxed that well underneath, she travelled that well. Um, I don't think it would be, um, be a problem at all. And with that turn of foot, I mean, the trouble she found herself in and how she overcome it, um, it's going to be... It's going to take a very good one to beat her, I think. Ryan, jockeys are constantly asked to compare horses they ride, but you, you volunteered yesterday that, you know, you know, this time 12 months ago you were riding Alligator Blood who gave you, you, you your first Group 1 success in that Australian Guinea. So, you know, obviously Group 1 class horse. But for you now to be comparing this filly favourably, you clearly think she, she can get to that sort of level as well. Yeah, well, she's just... That, that turn of foot, I've just never experienced anything like it. I've met on... Like I said, I've been very fortunate to ride some good horses in Alligator Blood and Nature Strip. But, um, I mean, that showed how good how she stamped herself yesterday, which is a, a potential weight for age star in the making, I thought. Um, they just don't do that at Durban, giving them that head start and taking down that sort of opposition. Um, Alligator Blood, he, he had a very good turn of foot, but her... He took a little bit to wind up and get to that top, where she just accelerated straight to it. Mm. How's that weight going? Uh, yeah, the uh, the Christmas plate looks very tasty at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but you handle so everything going okay? Yeah, no, I rode 55 comfortably yesterday, yeah. and um, I'm doing plenty of work behind the scenes, so it's um, certainly holding me in good stead. Ryan, from a punting perspective, it's it's great up here at the moment. Michael Rogers joined the ranks. Glenn Boss is uh, is here for the summer carnival. It, it certainly adds to the interest, as we touched on earlier. And I imagine you, you, you good rivalry as well when you're riding against these top jockeys. Glenn Boss was able to get the better of you early on the day when you looked to have the race won on Snow Valley, and then you were able, you were able to exact revenge a couple of times on him later in the day. Yeah, absolutely. I've always said um, you're scared of a bit of healthy competition. You don't deserve to be successful. Um, and it's certainly, I think, a, a good rivalry, certainly this year, when you when you need a bit of a kick in the rear. So, yeah, I've certainly um, uh, uh, taken it on board. And, uh, yeah, really lo- lo- loving the rivalry. How many rides have you got today on the Sunshine Coast? Two now. Yep. Two, uh, yeah, well, two of them have been scrapped, so... Pretty easy day in the end. Good to hear. Thanks for your time this morning, mate. Continued uh, good success. You're going great guns at the moment. No, boys, thanks a lot. Ryan Maloney joining us this morning, partnering Get Stuck In and also Isotope to Victory. And you wish he'd ridden a treble. <laughs> Snow Valley, <laughs> that was another did. one of your tips. Yeah, they were all running second early on. But um, Tony Gollan's uh, comments were interesting about how Ryan's very ice cold, sort of reminiscent possibly of Damien Brown, a rider we saw here mm. who was um, very, very calm in waiting for things to unfold. I suppose if, if our listeners look back, check the video of Isotopes when again, watch Maloney's rider, mm. and, and you'd think, you know, he's got no drama in the world. Yeah. But what's going through his yeah, head, we've, yeah. just, we've just heard there. The other feature race was the Lockno, the Tab Lockno, the last race of the day, but listed level. And we've alluded to this, Outback Barbie was the favourite at $4.
They've got 600 left to run. 44-42, the first 750. Emerald Kingdom off the rail, the Challenge Epic Girl. Phantom Falcon right behind them. So is Outback Barbie, just needing some room to move. Then Red Chase and Tambo's made. He's navigating a path at Outback Barbie. He's out if good enough. Emerald Kingdom, though, went up to Epic Girl. Outback Barbie, two legs behind them. Then Red Chase and Soxagon. Soxagon starts to put in. Emerald Kingdom in front. Soxagon's the danger. They're at the 100 metres. Emerald Kingdom tackled, headed by Soxagon. He races to the lead. He wins. Soxagon won the lock day. Beat Emerald Kingdom out back Barbie and Nikonova. Then chapter and verse, tie zone, Prometheus, Red Chase, Phantom Falcon, Epic Girl, Tambo's Mate, River Racer and Sandbar last over the line in 118.95. Good on you, Berkey. That, of course, refers to Brian Burke, uh, who bred Soxagon and one of the part owners. And uh, he's always trackside, always in the same position. So he got a little shout-out there. Yeah, he was, he was my first sports editor when I joined the Courier-Mail, Berkey. And um, he was all set to fly to Sydney last night but uh, that to join the family for Christmas, but that, that changed around. Mm. Another good day for Glenn Boss, uh, a very welcome addition to our Summer Carnival of Racing. And he's with us as our next guest on Pass the Post. Glenn, good morning. Congratulations. Yeah, good morning, lads. How are you both? Very well, and you'd be in a good state of mind. I just watched Soxagon's replay again this morning, and really, uh, he, he had plenty on that field. I mean, he gave them a start. You got into that three-wide line, you came wide, and you're always very kind to me when they hit the line. Yeah, I mean, like, like I just went through a lot of his races, his old form, and, and obviously a few of his recent runs. And I just thought there wasn't much really going especially his last couple of runs, I just thought there was not much going on right for him. You know, he mm. um, missed the start. He'd been, he took off way too soon last start and it might have been the wrong race. But he just, they just seemed to be... I just said to um, Berko, I said, there's been no rhythm in any of his runs. Um, and he looks like that big striding horse that just likes to get into sort of some sort of rhythm at some point and he can show his turn of speed. So I just said to him, well, it wouldn't matter where I am in the run. I said, it could be outside the leader, it could be last, it could be eighth. I don't care, as long as I can get him into rhythm and and uh, got into that really nice three wide line with cover and and obviously he he just built built and built on that and showed what he's capable of doing. They're hoping now to get a, a wild card into Magic Millions days, a homebred and a cheap homebred at that. Um, so he goes to Eagle Farm, fourteen hundred metres next time. That should be okay for him. Yeah, I think it would be okay. Yeah, I mean, it all depends what class of horses around him, but. Now he's found a bit of confidence and, and um, you know, they seem to have him in a pretty good spot. You know, sometimes these horses can hold their form once they have that one win under the belt. Away game. Let's talk about her. Um, you gave her a perfect run and you were there to strike at the right time. All of a sudden, a horse just rushed past you right on the line. Yeah, and a pretty good one too. Um, Isotope, like, it's, it shouldn't have won, to be very frank. It shouldn't have beat me, uh, given the run it had and the run I had, but um, it was too good. Um, but, like, you got to take... My my filly hasn't run for well over six months. So, and, she, you know, she missed the whole spring, and, you know, so they were targeting this... this um, they had her up again. After, I think they had her would, would have been, been work, and then they decided that they didn't want to go on with that prep and they would give her another break. And so you got to take all that into account. You know, she was a bit big in condition. Um, she had a... They had the perfect run, but um, I'm looking forward to the rematch. To be very honest, because mm. I think um, you know she, my my filly will she'll have um, she'll go into that run second up. We'll, we'll put a trial into her just to clean her out. Um, 
But it was really good to see, you know, like it was really just, you know, there was a big question mark on that form out of the Golden Slipper. You know, out of last year's Golden Slipper, there's only been two winners that come out of the whole race. Um, and one of them won, a, one of them won a, a Group 1 Oaks in Victoria. So it's been a very bad slipper as far as form. Um, so it was good to see her come out and, and do what she did yesterday because it showed that she's probably, she hasn't improved, but she's still got that real competitive nature and she wants to be out there doing it. Glenn, a legitimate question to put to you about away game. You, you know her so well. The the Guineas is 1,400 metres, and traditionally it's a fast, solidly run race on a you know a firm track. They run they run low one one twenties. Uh, your thoughts on away game at 1,400 metres under those conditions? Uh, no, it wouldn't bother me to be honest. Sure. Um, listen, she's she's got she's got a really good attribute. She can. She breaks very quickly. She's always in, you know, in the first four. Um, so she's got a real tactical advantage, uh, uh, which most of them don't. And you just can't deny her will, will to win. Like she's, um, like even yesterday, like she was dead set, really trying all the way to line. And, and after I got off her, I could, you could tell that she knew she had a race because she put everything out there. So um, I've got no queries about the seven firms because just the, just the way she just does things, she'll, she'll, she, you know, you. you Pretty well know what you're going to get before she even runs. Um, so um, it'll be interesting. Um, the Gold Coast track. It, it, let's see how you know. It'll be interesting to see how it plays on the day. And because um, we had a magnificent track yesterday, gee, that they turned that the boys turned that track out. Just mm. um, unbelievable condition, as good as I've seen for a long time. So they should be wrapped, wrapped for that. And um, yeah, I mean, if you're just looking at it purely with, for the form, you like do you think ice tape? She wouldn't beat ice tape. Look, it, like it's going to improve over seven furlongs and probably even a mile. Um, so at this stage, you'd say I'd be I'd be stiff to beat it. But um, you know, the thing is, mine doesn't need luck, and the other one might need a bit of luck. Glenn, it's a rapidly evolving situation again with with the COVID uh, outbreak in Sydney. Has that changed any of your plans in terms of travel and where you go to over the next few weeks? Yeah, it changed dramatically yesterday. Um, we woke up to here and there was more outbreak and um, I just literally told Sloan to get out of New South Wales. So she's um, she went straight into Victoria, back to our property, our place in Victoria. Yeah. And I obviously I flew from Brisbane last night back to... I'm in Victoria, in Victoria now in Melbourne, so I couldn't take the chance of going back to Sydney, to be honest, because, um, you know, if they close the borders, which, which is... A, distinct possibility all of a sudden you're stuck in Sydney and all that you know I put in a bit of preparation for this Magic Millions Carnival mm. or sort of commitment to come up here I thought well that would all be uh, thrown into chaos if I you know, wasn't able to get out of Sydney or I had to, or I had to quarantine and whatnot so uh, I thought it best not to go back to Sydney so I'm in Victoria now and I'll fly back up to ride in uh, Boxing Day up in, um, up in Brisbane. I'm an Eagle Farm. Hey just before you go um, speak of Magic Millions Fake love you rode in, in the Callaway Gal last Saturday. It's almost like a case yep. of deja vu. You're on a horse that's going to win. All of a sudden, you look at look at alongside these horse flashing past you at the end, which was sweet yeah. dolly this time. Yeah, that's right. And um, she was she was okay. I mean, she didn't have the best to run in the race, and she was a little bit fresh. Um, I, I would forgive her for that effort. I thought um, she she runs next week, so I'm going to probably ride her a little bit quiet, more quiet, a bit more sparingly in the run um, and give her a chance. So I think she's got good turn of foot. Um, but oh, I don't know if I, I... I really don't see if I know... I'm oh, sorry, I, I don't know if those can win the Magic Millions, to be very frank. Mm. Um, 
I think there's more. I think there's a couple coming up from down south. Too. Superior, superior horses. Um, um, but it'll be interesting to see what she does in the next start. Um, so I'm not. I'm, I'm sort of not dropping off of her completely, but um, I just think they see, there's a filly of Chris is that one up long through the week. Look very impressive, very scopey. Looks like it's going to improve a lot. Um, Chris seems to have a bit of a handle on the race this year, so. Um, yeah, I just don't know if that form from the other day was good enough to be winning the Magic Means. I, I think they'll be competitive, but whether they're good enough. Interesting comments. You have a good Christmas, and we look forward to seeing you at Eagle Farm next Saturday, mate. Yeah, you too, both you guys, and uh, all your listeners. Have a great Christmas, and um, we're all looking forward to 21, uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, we're looking forward to Brisbane Broncos redeeming themselves in 21 and uh, all the rest of it. So, um, yeah, anyway, thanks, guys, for all your support. Good on you, mate. Glenn Boss joining us this morning. Everyone's hoping for a better 2021. Yes. Let's hope it does pan out that way. Yeah, that's right. It still feels like it's been a very long year. Not as bullish this morning about away games. Saying, <laughs> saying no, well, I possibly had a chance to look at the replay too. <laughs> um, those yeah. comments that were made straight after the race where he wouldn't have seen what happened to, to her in the run. So, um, But still, like, he makes a good point that you know, he's probably going to be up there making his own luck, whereas she may may need to have find some luck. Just on isotope, before we close off on her, uh, interesting now, when you do your maps, like we used to know her, well, we do know that she can take a position. Yeah, yeah what we saw yesterday, and, and both Tony and Ryan were of the same opinion, she was she didn't muster early. So her next start will be 1,400 metres. Um, mm. Where do you put her in the map? But apart from that performance yesterday, which was a brilliant win, remember another performance of hers when a 1,000 metre race, she missed the start? No defrauder in a thousand meter race and first up, yeah. Well, that yeah. was her, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, carried fifty nine and um, she was enormous that day. Yeah, effort. that's right. Um, we've seen a lot of three year old fillies run well, if not win Stradbrokes. Would you put her in in the frame for a Stradbroke in six months, David? Well, I don't, I don't see why not. Um, mm. I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't say definitely no. Um, and as Tony's pointed out, she's taken that that step that that you need to take from a two year old to a three year old and. She's doing everything everything right at the moment. That was an outstanding performance yesterday. Great scenes again with the Black Soil Bloodstock team there. We mm. spoke to Brian Simpson a couple of weeks ago, but he's there. But there's there's so many others of those uh, those black caps with the white logo. Where does Needorp go to? Yeah, question without notice. Um, there's, there's, there's more fillies and mares stakes races. Is there a... Um, well, she may well go into that race. The, the Nudgy, won't it? Yeah, the that's Nudgy's on the 2nd of January. The wild card race, but um, that would be... Perfect for her, wouldn't it? That's 1,200? A, that's a wild card race. And uh, the Phillies and Mares Magic Minions is 1,300 on the 16th of January. Let's have a listen to just a couple more races before we finish off at Dooman. We'll have a listen to race seven. And Racecourse Road is in a rare vein of form. Here he is with Racecourse Road is low flying into the bend. 400 left to run. Flattened in front. Defence missile shake it up. So too Gypsy Toff. Say Heyer coming after the leader. Then Missiano. Ruger's got a mile of ground to make up. But Racecourse Road, 1 2 with the shillelagh. Burst away. 100 left to run. Missiano's running on strongly. Persuader. Ruger out wide. Racecourse Road in front. Getting tired. But here's the post. Racecourse Road. Beat Missiano. Photo third. Ruger or Persuader. Then Lagerfeld, Defence Missile, followed by Good On You, Sonia, Akasaki, Gypsy Tov, Sehaya, Jardin Rouge, uh, out towards the tail in 1-4.2. Well, he came off the back of uh, a win at Dooman last time out. Difficult barrier, barrier 12 of 12. It doesn't get any more difficult. A, a tricky start, the 11-10, but 
a steward robe positively and uh, across to the lead, never headed. Brave win, wasn't it? And we know how difficult it is to win from those wide gates at Doombin. Kelly Sweet has said that he was pleased to see the scratchings. I've got an L for one coming out. He said that certainly boosted his confidence, but he said you'd know your fate in the first 300 metres. Well, he got there, but he did burn some petrol, so the, the horse showed plenty of courage to, to keep going at the end. I was up to it again. There was, this was the one race where a group of people came up to watch a race in the broadcast box <laughs> and uh, you're making conversation before the race. I said, what are you back here? They said, race course. I said, well, it can't win. <laughs> Not from that gate. Straight to the line. That's, well, that's why I put a bit of extra emphasis in the call. People think I'm on a back race course. Road. No, I just... I just did it for my guess, but it well, was... Well, they weren't the only ones who backed him. He found yeah, plenty of support. Confidently backed at $5. It was one of those days for me yesterday. You've had a good day. I've had a... I thought it wasn't too bad for you. you I, I tipped one winner, winner. I said, Tate, what are you talking about? No, you tipped that other winner, Jack Duncan's winner. No, didn't I, you? I tipped it second. Oh, didn't, oh, good. I'm giving you credit where you shouldn't yeah. get it. I tipped a $1.50 winner, one <laughs> out of nine. Here's another winner I didn't tip, Paul Anker in race three. Let's have a listen back to her. Five length span them. It's going to be a sprint home around the turn with 4.50 left to run, but less than that now. And Snow Valley led the way from Corning Verity on the outside. Despite a hard run, coming up wide was Piping Roller. Then Jin and Bitter, Smart and Sexy. And Mashani Blossom right down the outside. Snow Valley's in front with 100 metres left to go. Shows the way. Piping Roller battling away. Here's Paul Anker flashing home. Paul Anker coming two to their one. Swept up, beat Snow Valley. And third over the line was Piping Roller. Fourth, Smart and Sexy, then Gin and Bitters, courting Verity, Molly's Rocking, Verity's, and Mashani Blossom last over the line in a gallop of 1994. Yeah, 19.94, Isotope 19.97, and uh, as we said, a slowly run affair. So I, I would describe this as her career best. Uh, Glenn Boss riding for, for Tony Gollum. They teamed up there, a $12 chance. Uh, a very consistent, competitive mare. Yeah, but she would been much, pretty much a non-winner to this point, so that's why I guess Tony Gollum and the camp putting so much emphasis on the ride, on, on being the way he was able to cut through the field and get it to put that performance in. And he's made special mention of the owners, River Junction. Mm. These were the people that were with Tony when he was just starting to, to hit his straps in terms of premierships and, and establishing him as himself as a leading trainer in Brisbane. One horse that comes to mind is Traveston Girl. That's the one I was trying to remember. Did she run second in a Guinea's uh, Prelude uh, down in um, I think so. And and try and help me out here. What was the horse that River Junction... Don't (laughs) don't sell yourself so short so soon. Uh, What was the horse that they had? It had uh, like a big blaze. It went to Melbourne as a three-year-old. Oh, he got sold. What's the cat or something like that? Yes, it was something like that, but I can't remember its... I tried to remember its name He went to day. Hong Kong, mm. and I'm not sure if he'd even raced over there, but he was striking, was you right? If one of our... Oh, one of our listeners... If one of our many Where's listeners... Or something like that. If one of our many listeners can um, uh, tell us, just um, do the 0499 putt up. <laughs> uh, two other things just before we leave yesterday. Um, the track uh, did earn rave reviews, and deservedly so. Yeah, I was away from South East Queensland most of the week, so I wasn't privy to see how much rain you'd, you'd received. But um, it was a soft six, I think, when I looked Friday night and it just kept improving. Raced brilliantly. Yeah. There was heavy rain on Thursday morning. We'd had rain earlier in the week. Uh, but so often we do see doom and dry up well. Yeah, if it doesn't rain on, rain on the day, it just can, it, mm. it dries out very well. And it was um, it's just... Great watching a track where the, the best horses can win no matter where they are in the run. So um, are we getting are we getting a looks like the cat looks like the cat. Thank you, uh, like Mr. Morley. 
Looks, yes, a regular listener, a loyal listener. Uh, the other point was, and just on a programming issue, no two-year-old race yesterday. It's, uh, they seem to be spread far and far apart, don't they? Obviously, this Saturday we've got the Group 3, yeah. um, which itself is in a different slot this year, uh, three weeks out, and the, that being that I think someone's told me the stats of Magic Millions when it's a long time, not many that have, have won the Magic Millions off the two-week lead-up. It's either been mm. seven days or a little bit longer, so that's why that's being tried in a different spot this year. One would just think, uh, I mean, even putting Magic Millions aside, I mean, um, you know, I feel that there should be a two-year-old race every summer, oh, but oh, particularly in the lead-up to the Magic Millions when you're trying to earn prize money to, to secure a run of the race. That's right. But also, there's been precious few two-year-old races in Sydney as well. We saw one yesterday, but they've been few and far between. And I know uh, Kelly Schweder, for instance, taking that, that promising one of his, uh, Miss Hipstar. Mm. He's looking at an 800-metre race at Ipswich to just get a few extra dollars because she's starting to get down on the brink of the 15, 16 yeah, in the order of entry. Yeah, well, that's interesting, but but also concerning as well. Well, next Saturday, the, the carnival rolls on. We've got the Group 3 Bruce McLaughlin for the two-year-olds. It's a quarter of a million dollars in prize money. And the Group 3 Grand Prix. The Grand Prix was a, a bit of a sleeper last year in its new zone in the summer. But I've got a feeling that when the noms come out tomorrow, we might see a bit more interstate representation. Yeah, it'd be good if... Well, we obviously need those ones from Sydney. We had, what, the the, the lead up the Eagle Way a couple of weeks back where yeah. the winner of that's since gone to the paddock, I think, hasn't she? Um, good sewers? Yes. Yeah. And we've got the the Grand uh, the uh, Burnborough, um, set weights uh, and penalties. Uh, Would that be called the the Herovian benefit this stage, or was that yeah, premature? possibly, possibly. And of course the Falvalon, and there's a wild card into the Magic Million snippets there, and also the City to Surf plate. So big day coming up on Boxing Day at Eagle Farm. Let's take a short break on Past the Post. Thanks for your company this morning. Back in a moment. Past the Post on Radio Tab. Fairly murky conditions at Royal Ramwick yesterday. Light rain fell for most of the day. Thought we'd concentrate on one race there. The first race, in fact, the two-year-old, and Paul Laley was the favourite. And Palali just in front from Forzanini, followed by Zarastro. Easing three deep now around the turn is Stray Coast. Watch gets onto its back. Further back to miscalculation from King Gutho, the inside, and then the Art of Flying. Palele leads at the 250. Forzaniti under plenty of pressure. Stray's running well the outside. Then came Zarastra and further back to King Gutho. Palale leads though at the 150. A length and a half clear from Zarastro going to second. But Palale, the favourite, is going to lead all the way here from Zarastro. And Forzanini just held third in front of Stray. Then King Gutho, miscalculation, the Art of Flying. And there's an issue here with Coast Watch. It's been eased down. Yes, Pulele winning. We saw it on debut at Mooney Valley School. Went out at the $2.10 favourite yesterday. Uh, jumped in front off the rails and never headed. Uh, a horse who'll more than likely track a path to the Golden Slipper. $17 chance, David, in the Golden Slipper Pulele, uh, which the, the Jim Crack winner, Enthar, heads the market at $6. She's a uh, Zarastro, rather, ran second, uh, a Magic Millions aspirant, but no guarantee of coming. Just reading in the Sydney Press okay. this morning that uh, he thinks, uh, um, Chris Waller thinks Zarastro might be a better autumn horse, but of course, you know, uh, that doesn't say that it won't be coming. Got a bit of ammunition in the locker for Magic Millions, as Glenn Boss pointed out earlier, with mm. um, the Wyong winner, She's All Class, and also Breeders' Plate winner, Shakiro. Can you dial up the Magic Minions market there? You, I can do you, that for you, David. Are you quick enough to do that? I'll be quick enough if you can pad for just a short amount of time, which she's all class. You of do course. that all the time. What padding? Yes. 
She's all class. Was Four dollars fifty. Shakiro, the favourite. Five dollars. She's all class. Vendula Lash, nine dollars. Yes. You don't know Vandula Lass, do you? No. Vandula Lass smile on your face there. No, no, only because you didn't know something. Uh, It won on on debut at Sandown. It was only a fluke. It was a midweek meeting and I was watching it in the broadcast box. One of Team Hawks, in fact, Vandula Lass. Okay, I need to catch up on the past week. Then you get out to Fake Love, $11 readily available, 13 Alpine Edge, 15 Okay, well, that's our show for this morning. Uh, Of course, uh, no rest for the wicked, and we'll be back on Past the Post next Sunday after the Boxing Day race meeting. I suppose we better wish all of our Past the Posters a happy Christmas, and uh, I'll do the same on Press Room tomorrow when you'll join me then. But, yeah, folks, everyone, have a a, a great day on Friday. Hope it's everything you want it to be, and uh, we'll have the big day race day Saturday and back on Sunday to, to wrap it all up. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks, David. Nathan X will be joining us this morning here on Pass the Post. And, of course, he'll be back with me tomorrow morning on Press Room when I'll talk to you again. Bye-bye now.